Hi, you're listening to Becoming Unapologetically Me, where you will hear all about gaining confidence through mindset, energy, and structures, and how to use that to live life and business truly on our terms. We're going to meet some amazing guests on this journey who will share their stories candidly with us. We're delving into the often hidden and taboo subjects of trauma, abuse, illness, grief, and more but making sure to always focus on how to transform these experiences into personal growth and expansion. Hello, my lovelies, and welcome back. It's so lovely to have you back with me on this third episode of Becoming Unapologetically Me. So I wanted to share with you today about why it really helps you to build confidence as you go through this journey called life. So I started my life in a direction that had me fitting into everybody else's boxes. So I talked in the first episode that we shared together about how I had, about the age of seven or eight, started working with a a friend of mine in every break and lunch break at school, designing and defining our, our vet's practice. And that was very much, you know, the direction I was going to go, but it's fair to say that my, my career goals and thoughts evolved over time. And I remember talking to my mom over dinner one day and I was absolutely heart set on joining the police force. And invariably, as with all children, my thoughts were progressing and developing. So we'd done vet, we'd done police. I then wanted to be an ambulance driver, a lawyer, all these different ideas. And actually, I find it really fascinating when I look back on it now that they were all careers which focused around helping people or helping animals, obviously, in the case of the vets. And I could really now, with the benefit of hindsight, see that theme running through my life and that theme running through everything that I saw as how my life was going to evolve. However, I was very much told or courted more with the idea of that's not where the money is and it's too dangerous to be in the police. And if you're going to be in the medical profession, you should be a doctor, not an ambulance driver. And we'd already established by now the science lessons at school were going to prove a little bit of a a blocker in me achieving that. So I started looking at other, I didn't, I actually had no idea what I was going to do. I was looking at all these ideas, nothing really was floating my boat, so as to speak. And so I ended up going off to university to do French and business studies just because it was really, really broad. And I thought I was basically buying myself some time and I thought maybe I will uncover what this thing is that I'm looking for. And I will find my passion and my purpose in life and I'll head off down a particular route. So I did a four-year course because seeing as I was doing French, I spent a year over in France. And even by the end of four years, I was not much the wiser as to what I wanted to do with my life. And all I knew was which subject I'd enjoyed most in my business studies. And so I decided to pursue a career starting in that direction. But I was not set on fire by it by any stretch of the imagination. And so 
I found myself in a, a logistics career. And I mean, don't get me wrong, I enjoyed it. I found the work satisfying. I was very quickly promoted, et cetera, et cetera. Everything was going swimmingly by the definitions of, of everybody else. But what I was finding was, or increasingly understanding, was that I was in, I was fitting into everybody else's boxes. And as I looked, even sort of in my mid-twenties, I looked back across my life and realized I was just ticking the boxes or living according to other people's expectations. So I'd obviously been to school, I'd done my 11 plus because that's what people from my family did. And I'd passed my 11 plus and gone to the school that I went to, the secondary school that I went to, because that's what people in my family did. I think I was the 11th girl in my family to go to the school that I went to. And I did my GCSEs and I did my A-levels because that's what you did. And then I went off to university because that's what you did and got my career and then met a man, got married, had the 2.2 children, everything without question, really. And I've even reflected on you know, my wedding day. I don't think I would now have chosen or if I was if I'd felt brave enough at that time to to say to anybody else actually hang on a minute this isn't what I want this isn't my picture in my head of what my wedding is going to look like it was the picture in other people's heads that the worst most extreme possible case of people pleasing that literally for 40 years I lived my life fitting in the boxes that I felt I was expected to fit into. And that's exhausting living life that way. It really, really is. And fulfilling, interesting to a degree, but not really, I suppose now I've seen a, another side of what life is like that I now go, aha, so it can be like this. Amazing. And that's really, really opened my eyes for following my passion, following my dreams, not being constrained by other people's boxes. And I'm going to talk to the most amazing, beautiful person next week. So as one of my guests, Anushka and I have been friends for a long time now. We met when I had my previous business and she would bless her very, very ill. And she'd come just to get her kids some dinner at the cafe that I had. And we started chatting and cut a long story short, we've been friends ever since. Oh my goodness, that must be 10 years now, I should think. And we've literally been through thick and thin together and we've grown as people together. And we've shared each other's highs and lows. And Anushka is an amazing example of a person who has the courage and the bravery to step into everything that is important to her. I'm not going to steal her thunder by sharing all of her story today because she can do that far better than I can. But I'm so, so excited to talk to her and to share her story with all of you as well, because when we step into our passion and when we step into our true power and our true version of ourselves, something that is so authentic and with such deep integrity with who we are, oh my goodness, that's, that's another worldly then. 
My background when I was in the corporate world was in taking Japanese lean manufacturing techniques and I was teaching these and rolling them out into British service organizations and a lot of central government, our national health service, other big, big corporate giants across the UK. Anyway, I learned through my education around the Japanese manufacturing and a lot around the lifestyle of the Japanese culture about this concept called Ichigai, which always gives me a smile anyway, but it's very hard to translate into English actually, but it's really something enormous in that sense of fulfillment. And that's so, so powerful that I think is really, really worth exploring in our own lives. So this is really the journey that I'm on now is looking much more into where the passion, the mission, the vocation and the professional intersect and how that can enable us to create a life that is unparalleled in terms of the fulfillment that we have, the happiness that we bring to our life, the joy that we can share with ourselves and others and our families, and just how powerful that is as a, an offering. So I'm so, so excited to, to share this with you and everything that I feel is part of it. One more story, actually, that I want to quickly share with you. In 2011, I was pregnant with my daughter, who's my second child. So this made me laugh so much at the time. And I think it's just classic case in point for what we're talking about now. So I had a son in 2009. And then in 2011, I was pregnant again and excited to have my child, whether It was a boy, whether it was a girl, but I did find out just from curiosity, not that good at waiting for surprises. So I did find out at the 20 week scan that we were going to be having a girl. And I shared this with people, some friends and family, and it really made me laugh because everyone said to me, oh, congratulations. Well done. That's so good that you've got a boy and a girl. As though I had any control over that or any input into that, you know, I kind of got what I was given, right? But yeah, it's funny, very, very funny, the the take that some people have and as though I'd done a good job. I'm very happy, of course, but, you know, I would have been equally happy had it been a boy and very little control over A, whether I had children, when I had children, and certainly what gender they were going to be. Anyway, it amused me. But yeah, I followed the the corporate life for for 20 years, believing that that was the route that you must take. And that's the direction that life goes because that's the expectation and that's what everyone does. And it was relatively recently, I suppose, when I was 40 and I started to reevaluate as you know, things changed in my personal life and started to really look at everything in my life and to question it and to say, is that how I want it to be? And at the same time, I was on a workshop with, I can't remember exactly what it was, but anyway, the context that I remember more than anything else was talking about how we generate our income. And actually the vast majority of people live in this cycle of 
you go to work, you receive your pay, you spend your pay, maybe save some or invest it towards a holiday or, you know, whatever you might do with your money on a month to month basis. But by the time the end of the month comes, it's largely or completely run out. And then you get it topped up again at the beginning of the next month and you go around the same cycle for the rest of your life. And you're not actually, in real terms, getting much wealthier. Yes, you might have a bit of savings. Yes, you might have a bit of investments, but you're not actually really creating generational wealth in a way that's going to be life-changing for you or your children or anybody else in the vast majority of cases. Of course, there are exceptions. And so I really saw myself in this analogy, this story, and a hundred percent, like even when I was in my marriage and there were two incomes before, you know, various life changes, then yeah, we managed to put some money into savings. Yes, we managed to go on some holidays and it was all lovely. And, you know, could go out for meals, we could go at different experiences. There was, you know, we had the money available to do that, but we weren't creating a different level of wealth for us and for our children that were to come compared to what our parents had experienced and created as well. And then obviously when I became a single parent, the the wealth situation changed for the negative for sure. And so everything was even more of a struggle. And then I saw this and I was like, oh my goodness, there's a different way of thinking about life. And of course, I'd known that there was, I'd had my own business by that time, but I was still thinking about wealth generation in the same way. And so, you know, in a a fairly blinkered way. So this was really, really eye-opening to me that actually there was a whole different way of looking at the purpose of my career and of the financial situation that I was in and that I had the opportunity to create if I desired. And suddenly it was like these blinkers had been lifted off my eyes and there was a whole new different world out there. And that was the time when I then started to think, you know what, life can be bigger or different not necessarily bigger, just different to the nine to five. And it doesn't have to be that way. If you don't want it to look like that, you can create life in a different way. And so I started to explore what that might look like, what that might feel like, what might it be like for me to live in that different format, for my children to be brought up in that with a more of an entrepreneurial mindset compared to the corporate world. I'm not bashing the corporate world. It was the hand that fed me for 20 years and it has its place and it works for some people. But there came a point that I realized it had never been my passion. I had followed it through the expectations that I felt on me, whether those were real or perceived, but I felt those expectations on me. And so I followed the path of least resistance, let's call it. But actually, when I started to look and understand that there was a different way, then I could really step into my passion in a whole different way that I'd never experienced before. I kind of, I'd enjoyed my jobs. I'd 
you know, really enjoyed my career at particular points more than others. But to now feel like I was doing something that was changing lives, I can't even really begin to put words to that level of fulfillment and peace and satisfaction that that gives me now on a day-to-day basis. And it's really interesting then, because when I turn the clock back and look at all those careers that I was interested in back in the day as a child growing up, and they were all around helping people and making a difference in someone's life, whether that was as a police person or as a ambulance driver or as a vet or as a lawyer, it doesn't really matter what the final version of that looked like because I've seen now so clearly that that was always a deep need inside me, which was so long went unsatisfied in the corporate world. And the motivation and the confidence that I get through just living in total integrity with who I am and practicing what I preach on a daily basis and just feeling that my purpose in life and finally stepping in to allow that to create in a reality. And that feels super, super powerful and such a a strong place to come from and so exciting for the future as well. And so really, I suppose the purpose of talking about this today is it can feel scary to step into that place. Absolutely it can. Because sometimes the path that we know, the path that we tread, the comfortable place, you know, we just, we do get comfortable there. But maybe explore within yourself, what would it be like to investigate what it looked like outside of that? Have you ever asked yourself the question, you know, what would it be like if I didn't do this anymore? What if I had a blank piece of paper in front of me and I'm sat there right at the beginning again and I'm making the choices for the first time? What would I choose? What values would I bring to my my working life as well as my my whole life? How can I live those values out on a a day-to-day basis? What does that look like? And when we start getting really curious with ourselves, especially when we can do it in a a safe space where fear's not making the decisions and we're not being guided by any of those limitations that we might put upon ourselves. We're just purely coming from a place of love in our hearts and openness and curiosity and connectedness to who we are at our core. When we can come from there and get really really interested about who we are, where we're going, why we're going there. Then we can start to take the steps that go, okay, this is a little bit scary. How am I going to do it? What are the practical implications of making such a step? And then those can come into play. But first, allow yourself to dream. Visualize yourself living in that world because When we can visualize something, we have so much more power to become it. It's honestly, I urge you and implore you to explore this because it's such a a liberating way to live. And I know I spent, as I say, 40 years living 
what I believed was other people's expectations. Most of them aren't here anymore to say, ask them if they actually were their expectations or not. But And it doesn't really matter because the point was that I felt that that was the route that I had to take. And I never opened my mind to the possibility that there was a different route until I was 40. So if you're 40, if you're 50, if you're 60, it doesn't really matter. You can open your mind to it now. But imagine if you're 15, 20, you're making these decisions at the beginning of your career and the beginning of your life. Wow, what an exciting place to be. And if I've opened this up for you, if I've opened it up for your children, then I'd love to open this conversation. And we're going to talk about it much, much more next week with Anushka. And she's such an inspiration to me in the journey that she's been on. And so I'd love for you to come back and to share her story with you as well, because I'm sure she will inspire you in the same way that she inspires me. And just really, really excited to see where your thoughts, your imaginations, your dreamings, your direction, where it's going to take you. Because I'm so excited by the direction that my life's taking me now that I've opened myself up to all the possibility and how confident I can be in that life, knowing that it's me. It's true to me. I'm not living someone else's life anymore. And that's so exciting. And I really look forward to more with you next time because this journey of life can be heavy on our shoulders or it can be light and full of joy and expansive if we allow it to be going through that together. You don't have to be on your own to go through the scary. So I can't wait to speak to you next time. Until then, take care, look after yourselves and dream big. See you soon. Bye. Thank you for listening today. And I hope you found this discussion inspiring, thought-provoking, and motivating. Please subscribe and leave us a five-star rating and any comment you think pertinent. And why not share the love by telling your amazing friends all about it too. Making a high-quality podcast like this takes a lot of work. That's a fact. But not when you hire Copus. With our White Glove experience, we handle everything for you. From guest outreach all the way through to publishing and promotion, we handle it all. You show up to hold great interviews and build relationships with your guests, and we take care of everything else. Podcasting is not just about the audience. Every podcast interview is the start of a new relationship. With a weekly podcast, you would build relationships with 52 ideal partners or prospects through your podcast interviews over the next 12 months. Do you believe that 52 new relationships would grow your business? We do. Contact Jason at copus, K-O-P-U-S dot com and let's talk.